developing your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. It's Saturday the 29th of April. I'm Jamie Easton. This was a week that saw Richard Sharp out at the BBC, a race to evacuate Brits from Sudan, James Corden signs off from The Late Late Show, and a host of celebrities pass away. Grab a cup of something hot, put up your feet... And get up to speed on the seven biggest stories of the week. This is the Standout 7 from the Smart 7. It's news, but not the news. I feel that this matter may well be a distraction from the corporation's good work were I to remain in post until the end of my term. I have, therefore, this morning, resigned as a BBC chair to the Secretary of State and to the board. That was BBC Chairman Richard Sharp resigning his role as chairman of the BBC after the publication of a report by Adam Heppinstall Casey into the circumstances surrounding his appointment. It all comes back to Boris, no surprise there, and the report finds that Richard Sharp did not properly disclose details of his relationship with the then Prime Minister Johnson to the BBC interview panel. There were two separate breaches. The first that he informed Boris before he applied for the job. The second relates to his assistance in a very limited sense with a financial matter for Boris. Boris, back in January, was busy poo-pooing the whole thing. Richard Sharp is a good and a wise man, uh, but he knows absolutely nothing about my personal finances. I can tell you that for, for 100% ding-dang sure. Not sure ding-dang's a legally recognised measure, but still. Sharp says the financial element, which related to assisting in arranging an £800,000 loan facility for Boris from his distant cousin, arose at a casual dinner, as you do. Mr Blythe raised me the fact that he was interested in, in feeling uh, about whether he, should he do something to help. Uh, he raised that with me at a di- private dinner uh, at his house. The two breaches led to a risk that the BBC would not be seen as impartial, and despite Sharp's willingness to fight his case, a visit from Director General Tim Davey on Thursday seems to have accelerated the process that saw him quit on Friday morning. The last word goes to Labour's Jess Phillips, who was asking the question on all of our lips. What's Boris Johnson spending £800,000 on? Like, is he just... Uh, he must just be smoking fags, drinking booze and buying flat-screen TVs. Why does he, why does he need an £800,000 loan on his income? This week's seen an escalating crisis in Sudan as the army and the paramilitary RSF group wrestle for control. There's been fighting throughout the week, which has left hundreds dead and thousands injured. The international community has been racing to evacuate citizens, particularly once an initial 72-hour ceasefire came into effect on Wednesday. But the first aboard planes were the diplomats and their families, which caused outrage among concerned relatives in the UK. And International Development Minister Andrew Mitchell was busy offering assurances that help is coming. It reflects our very specific legal duty of care to our own diplomatic staff. But let me be clear, the British government, since this crisis broke, has been doing everything it possibly can to make sure that we can evacuate safely our citizens. With the ceasefire in operation, the Foreign Office was urging Brits to head to an airfield north of Khartoum as it began the evacuation mission. But they'd have to make their own way there, according to Foreign Secretary James Cleverley. We uh, cannot predict how the situation on the ground uh, will develop. The, uh, The conflict has, as I say, been unpredictable, it's been uh, volatile. 
We will maintain this airhead for as long as we can, but the situation does remain, as I say, dangerous and volatile. Even with a ceasefire in place, fighting was continuing, but PM Rishi Sunak was assuring those trapped that the government was up to the job. We now have over 100 people on the ground in Sudan. The first flight has already left with British nationals, uh, and that is down to the hard work of lots of people, and we will keep at it. The Red Cross described the situation as catastrophic as violence continued and hospitals ran out of even basic supplies. Meanwhile, Home Secretary Suella Braveman says there's no plan to offer a safe route to the UK for refugees from the conflict. The rescue flights for UK citizens have been landing in Cyprus as their first stop, and the country's British High Commissioner, Irfan Sadiq, says for the moment at least the process is working. It relies mostly on British citizens in Khartoum, a city of 5 million people, making their own way to the evacuation airfield through what is clearly not just a breakdown in the ceasefire, but a breakdown in law and order. By Thursday night, eight UK flights had evacuated 897 people. And although the ceasefire was due to end on Friday, the US and Saudi Arabia managed to negotiate an additional 72 hours. That should buy enough time for the evacuation of remaining British citizens from a situation that's becoming increasingly difficult. Dr Musab El-Mamoun, whose family were trying to escape, described the conditions. You know, the situation on the ground is dire. There is no enough water. There is no enough food. There is no toilets and they sleep on the sands because there are difficulties sleeping on the buses as well. Meanwhile, the German army is annoyed with the UK for showing up to evacuate its citizens unannounced. They say it's delayed efforts by other countries to rescue their own people. But Foreign Secretary James Cleverly didn't seem too concerned. I had a conversation with Ben Wallace and he assures me that we had permissions to overfly Sudan. Those reports have not been raised with me. The Stop the Boats bill was back in Parliament on Wednesday as a number of amendments were made. The government's done a deal with hard-right Tories to toughen the bill and it duly passed by 289 votes to 230. Robert Jenrick, Minister of State for Immigration, made the case for the bill which will make arriving by a small boat in search of asylum illegal and also includes the potential for the Home Secretary to ignore rulings by the European Court of Human Rights. Put simply, excessive, uncontrolled migration threatens to cannibalise the compassion that marks out the British people. That viewpoint was vigorously disagreed with by senior Tory figures, including Theresa May and former Attorney General Geoffrey Cox. Labour's Ed Miliband says the bill is dishonest. This bill's ineffective, but it's also unethical because it's actually trying to lock up children. We want to stop the small boats, but this is not an answer. A gimmick, a con, is not an answer. Jeremy Corbyn ally Diane Abbott is facing growing criticism after being suspended by the Labour Party over her comments in The Observer. The MP suggested the Irish, Jewish and the traveller community don't face the same level of racism as black people, writing that many types of white people instead suffer prejudice. She's since apologised and withdrawn her comments, but there's going to be an investigation. Sir Keir Starmer says Labour needed to take a hard line on this one. In my view, what she said was to be condemned, it was anti-Semitic, uh, it's absolutely right that we acted as swiftly as we did. That's the change that you've seen in the Labour Party. Hackney North and Stoke Newington in London, where Abbott is MP, is home to one of the largest Jewish communities in Europe. Lord Mann, who's now the government's independent advisor on anti-Semitism, thinks her time in politics is coming to an end. Has she not thought about her own constituents in this? It's awful. You know, I think... The best thing she could do is say she's going to stand down at the next election. Still to come at the standout seven, Tucker Carlson gets fired and James Corden signs off on his Late Late Show. Right after this. 
Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Welcome back. It was a dramatic day in US media as Don Lemon was fired by CNN just moments after Tucker Carlson was kicked out by Fox. Lemon announced the news on Twitter, having been at the centre of a string of controversies over on-air comments and treatment of female colleagues. Whilst controversial right-wing commentator Carlson appears to have been fired by Rupert Murdoch less than a week after a settlement was made with voting machine company Dominion over the network's 2020 US election reporting. The firm was paid around £632 million by Fox and there's also lawsuits pending from Smartmatic and a former Carlson producer. Referring to the January the 6th Capitol riots, Democrat Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez called for media organisations to be held accountable. When you look at what Tucker Carlson and some of these other folks on Fox do, it is very, very clearly incitement of violence. James Corden's in his final week of The Late Late Show. He's signing off after eight years in the Hollywood hot seat and getting ready to head back to the UK. He's been stacking up the big guests for the last few weeks and he finished off carpool karaoke with a return guest star, Adele. She drove James around and took the opportunity to ask him how he's feeling about quitting the job he loves. I think I underestimated how many friends I'd make doing mm-hmm. it. And it's like a family. So I'll, more than anything, I will just miss going into work with my friends every day. And I'm really going to miss Los Angeles. It's been a strange week in entertainment as four major figures passed away. Thursday saw TV talk show host Jerry Springer die after a short illness. Tuesday was singer, actor and activist Harry Belafonte dying at 96. He's a day And Monday saw Strictly Come Dancing head judge Len Goodman take his final bow. Shut up, close the door and call me Mary. And over the weekend, legendary Australian comedian Barry Humphreys passed away at the age of 89. His seven-decade career took him from stage to screen, but he was perhaps best known for his comic character persona Dame Edna Everidge, who landed her own UK talk show in the 1980s. Here he is explaining the inspiration behind the iconic character. I used to sit in the back seat of the bus and impersonate the Lady Mayoress of the next town because everywhere we went there was always a party after the show and the Lady Mayoress would always stand up and say what a wonderful thing it was that these people were bringing Shakespeare to the Australian bush. And then she'd get the name of the play wrong. And of course, who could forget the time he uh, accidentally got Dermot O'Leary mixed up with Philip Schofield on this morning. Rest in peace, Barry. When he came out and told us about his sexuality... (laughs) No, no. Because I think a lot of people respected you for that. Thank you. I I'll think they did. That on to the gentleman who's here from Monday the first. It's what? You've been listening to the Smart Seven. We'll be back tomorrow at seven a.m. Hit that follow button and have a great day. Give us seven minutes, we'll give you the world. 
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.